Welcome to She Witness Podcast. Hi, welcome Hawkin. Um, we have Hawkin Heudel, who's an award-winning journalist from Vega, uh, which is one of the largest Norwegian newspaper um, in Norway. Uh, since 2013, he has mainly focused on issues concerning online crime, especially child abuse, often in collaboration with his colleagues uh, Aina Otto uh, Stangvik and also Natalie Hansen. In 2015, um, they published a three-part documentary called The Downloaders, uh, where they identified men, both in Norway and the rest of the world, who downloaded child abuse materials. Um, the documentary received uh, many prestigious awards um, from the US um, and also here in Norway, uh, one being a data uh, scoop. Um, in 2017, they also uncovered a police operation on the dark net uh, against the largest child abuse forum, a story that was quoted around the world. Uh, Hodo has also covered the drug war in Philippines and uh, forced marriages of the Norwegian girls in Iraq and also the new rise of uh, psychedelics. He also recently published the book Could Freehetten's Oyeblik, which translates as a Moment of Freedom, which is essentially a, an autobiography of Abida Raja, who is the sister of a um, well-known politician here uh, called Abdi, uh, Abid uh, Raya, who is also the former Minister of Culture. Have I missed anything? <laughs> well, I think that covers most of it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So I invited Hulk in here today because um, we kind of known each other as journalists and also uh, the topics that we cover are often quite, um, I would say, not an easy topic to cover. Mm. It's, uh, it's quite a hard topic in itself. But also um, understanding the media ethical uh, reporting of these topics as well. So generally um, we'll be um, discussing a little bit about that. So maybe a first of question I have for you is why these topics? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I lost myself uh, that question for some time now. Why, why did I end up doing this uh, kind of journalism? Uh, but I think it's, it's it's it has a lot to do with uh, my interest into into people's uh, into the psychology uh, of, of people and um, and um, when people are in extreme situations uh, you get a view of how people uh, I mean they have to react uh, to this situation in in a, you know uh, extreme ways uh, and and I think trauma and seeing how people uh, deal with trauma. Uh, is really fascinating for me, uh, and I, and I learn a lot uh, from 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 covering that, because uh, there's similarities to how people deal with traumas to into how how people deal with you know normal uh, their normal life. I mm. think uh, so. So I, I I learn a lot from it. Have you always been covering this type of topic, or did you cover other topics before? Uh, well, I, I started writing about uh, child abuse uh, quite early, uh, I think, uh, in the beginning of, of, of 2000. Um, so, so it's it's been it's a topic that has followed me uh, mm. for for a long time. Uh, yeah. So when it, when it came with these topics, obviously, um, you know, online child abuse material, and I've seen you. Um, 
there, there's documentaries as well in Vega where you were looking through this document and you're giving this kind of material to the police as well. Could you talk a little bit about that journey, you know, and how, you know, you're meeting with this material, you know, is pretty important stuff. How did you go about um, keeping yourself in check emotionally? Because it can be quite taxing, I would, mm -hmm. I would imagine, you know, dealing with this type of topic mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's what people uh, most often tell me. You know, how, how can you, how can you, you know, how do you manage, uh, you know, working on on such a demanding, uh, you know, topic? It must be mm. really hard. But I, I find it harder to not work work on it uh, mm. because it, it's so rewarding for me and, and, and gives me so much meaning. And and uh, when as long as it gives me meaning, uh, then it, it's really easy to work with. And. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, I put up boundaries for myself. I do that when, when we wrote about, for instance, uh, child abuse images. Mm. Uh, I was, we were very, very, um, um, what do you say? Um, I mean, we, we made sure that we, we didn't look at any images. Mm. I mean, we, when we visited the police, they, they, they told us, you know, you have, to, you have to look at these images so that you understand what it is. So, so when, I, when, when, when they showed me something, I, I, you know, I had to look at it. But, mm. but most, for most uh, of the time, I, I chose not to uh, do it because it's, I mean, I, I know that the images are a problem, uh, so I don't have to look at them. Uh, mm. That's, I mean, looking at the images was not my, uh, the part of my work. Uh, so that's one thing, uh, and also uh, you know being very, uh, very clear about you know okay this this um, yeah going going into this this area for instance in on the in the topics and you know, looking at the images uh, dealing with um, I mean I'm some things you just have to you know put aside and and say oh I'm I'm not going there because it it might be interesting uh, but it it might be more damaging to me so and it might not give give me anything uh, to report on so I'm I'm going there instead and I'm looking at the data I'm looking at the the communication with between the abusers uh, I'm looking at the text uh, and and I'm interviewing uh, the people who are you know involved in this um, so that's I mean you have to you have to put up boundaries mm. uh, and and also as I said as long as it's it, it gives you meaning mm. uh, it's, it's it's much easier to work with is it also easier in the sense that you're working in a team right you have mm. like Ina and also Natalie and also mm. you got your editor do you mm. think that um, they kind of help you keep you in check also yeah, yeah sure everything? yeah absolutely and mm. and uh, that makes it also easier to to to, to talk about it uh, when when you have when you're working with someone who are who, who knows the subject uh, and and you can I mean it's you can even I mean you, you can even joke about it uh, and uh, mm. sort of uh, uh, sometimes it's it's uh, I mean you you have to uh, because it's so dark so so you, you know you have to put some light uh, into into it sometimes mm. um, uh, and 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 you can talk to them. Uh, it's easier for me to talk to them about it uh, because they know, um, they know, they know, you know, they know how. how I, it's, it's hard to talk about. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they is, know yeah. how hard it is the topic, yeah, exactly. but also how how necessary it is. Mm. And uh, um, yeah, 
it's, it's uh, sometimes I feel like we we're, we're you know three people working uh, doing doing autopsies and and you know you know making jokes about you know really really dark stuff uh, but it's it's something you have to do to to survive yeah uh, because it, it's uh, as long as you're talking to the people who knows uh, how uh, who knows that it's important um, it's uh, yeah no. <laughs> uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to explain. Yeah. No, but mm. I can I sort of understand it because yeah. of the obviously my the work that I do. But I think it, it's um, it's 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 trying to find some kind of light mm. in in mm. all this darkness that mm. you kind of embed yourself in, and mm. it's not something an easy topic for anyone to kind of mm. do for a long time. So do you mm. actually take breaks as well from like dealing with? you know these very very heavy topics do you ever take a break you well know, yeah, yeah. So, all the time so, yeah you know mm. i mean i i work at, at vg uh, mm. all the time so i mean this uh, this um, uh, documentaries they i mean they we work on them for you know some months or or some years mm. and then uh, in between or or during that time we take some time off and to, to work on you know lighter stuff uh, portraits or uh, yeah, easier, shorter articles, or, or just having some, mm. taking some weeks off uh, and, and working at the news desk, for instance. Mm. That's also nice. Because mm. mm. I also remember, like, um, you also confronted the people who downloaded these images as yeah. well. Mm. What's going through your head, you know, confronting? I mean, that's, isn't that fantastic to be able to do that as a journalist? <laughs> I mean, uh, as a journalist, you can go anywhere and say, you know, I want to talk to you about, you know, the crazy stuff that you've been doing. Yeah. Tell me why. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's amazing. I mean, what, what was your impression, you know, from people who do do these things? Um, because I think like it was, it's good that you were able to uh, meet these sort of mm. downloaders who, who downloaded these these kind of images. But for me, with my work, actually, um, it's very difficult for me to even approach um, the the abuser that's been talked about or the person who's doing the abusing um, of the the mothers. Because for me, it's it's a lot to do with the um, um, anonymity uh, in it, but also the fear that if I did approach um, the the father, is that she will be exposed, mm. um, and that would also cause further danger. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I guess um, I guess the question I have is kind of um, what was going for your mind when you were meeting these perpetrators, but also in your line of work, have you ever come across situations where you couldn't? do that because you know it would expose um, the person that you you're trying to protect the source that you're trying to protect yeah uh, in in these instances where i met these downloaders uh, they had downloaded pictures of of, uh, of of children that we were never going to identify and 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 i mean they had downloaded thousands or or more uh, pictures uh, of, of child abuse so they didn't know these girls either or, or, or children, um, so so there wasn't any direct link between uh, the victim and the abuser in in the same way uh, as you mentioned. Mm. Um, so the, in in that way, it made it easier for me to to focus on on their what they had been doing and mm. and and you know try to understand uh, why why they had done it and and I could talk to them um, about that without. Uh, being afraid that they would, you know, go to the victims and and tell tell them, you know, uh, 
that they should shut up or something because I, I never talked to the victims because they were just uh, images uh, of the abuse. Uh, to call to say that it's just images is obviously wrong mm. uh, because it's uh, it, it's it's images of, of child abuse and, mm. and and just downloading those images is a form of abuse itself. But mm. nevertheless, this this it, it's a lot. It's it's a greater distance between the abuse uh, the bit between the abuser and the victim in my case than than yours. Mm. Um, but I mean, I, I in other cases, I obviously have um, not uh, been able to talk to the abuser uh, or the alleged abuser. Mm. Uh, for instance, in in the book uh, that I wrote about uh, Abida and her family, mm. um, I really wanted to talk to uh, her ex-husband, mm. um, but uh, we were advised by the the police. Uh, before the publication of the book, uh, that uh, uh, her family uh, or parts of her family should not be informed uh, about the publication of the book before, I mean, before it was out. So, uh, I mean, for me as a journalist, it's really important to be able to tell both sides. Uh, if if someone uh, if someone brings forward any claims about you. Or, or allegations about you, mm. uh, you should be able to 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 tell your side of it. Um, so uh, I really wanted to have uh, his side of, of, of the story also, um, but I wasn't able to do that because of, of possible. I don't I don't I, I don't really know what the police were afraid of, uh, but uh, as long as they advised us not to contact him mm. or and and other people in the family. Uh, my hands were tied more or less, mm. so it, it was frustrating because I, I think it's important to hear that side also, um, but that's how it is. Mm. Mm. Do you think that um, if you had approached, um, Abida would have been in a bit more risk? Um, would that be something that has been on your mind? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, sometimes um, it, it, that might be one of the reasons that the police advised us not to inform them, uh, but, but I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, and, and it's hard to say how people will react. Uh, mm. will, would it be better if if they had a you know had some time to get used to knowing about the book, or or would they use that time to 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 put pressure on her not to publish it? Mm. Um, it it's it's hard to say. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, um, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's interesting in the sense that um, I think usually when it comes to abuse, it's also the power dynamic. Mm. So it's interesting for you to kind of want to hear the other side. I almost want to avoid listening to the other side yeah. for me um, because I kind of feel like, oh, I'm, I'm handing this, this uh, potential alleged um, abuser um, some kind of power by mm. allowing them to speak. I don't know if you ever come across that sometimes in your mind, uh, whether that would be the case. Um, obviously, we're not judges. We, we can't judge, you know, uh, everyone. But I think in my mind, it's it's often like um, how much media has as a power um, to how much they should be sharing that platform with someone with had had so much power over someone. In many cases, I, I guess. I mean, I mean, you see that in, in the case of Johnny Depp and, and the, uh, Amber Heard. Mm, uh, yes. it's, uh, in many cases, they, their their stories are would be completely different. Uh, 
uh, from each other, uh, and they're 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 versions of of the same uh, of of the same uh, yeah of the same instance. Mm. Uh, it's 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 completely different, and uh, just to be able to to see that, you know, why why are you looking at this situation in that way, and you're looking at the situation in in that way, and and is that uh, why? You know things. Uh, you know things happened. Uh, mm. I, I don't know, uh, but it, mm. but it's important to to listen to them. Mm. Yeah, I think you have an interesting point in there in trying to understand <clears throat> and stopping it from the source, like the root of why certain abuse happen. Mm. <clears throat> so in that way, you would want to go into understanding the heads of the the alleged abuser mm. you know and and understanding it from that perspective which i think is um a valid point and interesting point to to make i guess like um obviously you work closely with an editor um is there any guidelines that you have to follow in covering uh domestic abuse or gender-based violences that you have to keep in mind um as a journalist well first of all it's uh it's uh in all cases, uh, when people are, you know, putting forth uh, allegations uh, against another, uh, we have to, uh, to to let that side also uh, tell their story or tell tell their view of, of what was what ha what happened. Um, and and in in as I say in in many of these cases, it's uh, it's important. You know, it, it's difficult. It's important yeah. to do it, but it's it's difficult. Yeah. Um, um, also, because I think um, there's a lot of feelings in in in, in domestic abuse cases, uh, obviously, uh, and I feel sometimes that well, some 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 people might react uh, negatively when I tell them I have to talk to uh, talk to your abuser as well, uh, or or the, to talk to the, the the person that you claim is your abuser uh, at least. Uh, because uh, then they sometimes they 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 say they re can react uh, they can feel that I, I don't believe them yeah. uh, when I say uh, well, I also have to talk to this guy but it, it's not like I'm not believing you but it's it's just that's how it is I need you know the the the, the press press ethics you know say that I have to talk to both sides and and uh, sometimes it takes a little bit uh, time to um, to explain that to people. Mm. Mm. Also, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, the, it, the, there was something more, wasn't it? Um, not so much. I guess yeah. it's just it's just trying to understand the the ethical reportings mm. of this because, like, um, I, I don't know if you had this kind of experience. But for me, like, a lot of people do come to me and say, "Hey, I want to talk about my story." Mm. Without understanding the kind of implications that mm. might happen, mm. uh, because as, as soon as that story goes out, it's, it's it stays there um, in a certain way, and mm. how the audience or how people react and people reading it will be very different, you know, from one or the other. Mm. And I think that that's something for me. Generally, I try to mentally prepare the person, mm. like um, even if it's um, anonymous, that I I cannot predict what people how people react once the story goes out um, and I feel like I have to kind of 
mentally prepare them that way. I don't know if that's something you would do or if that's something um, um, that is considered along the way um, when you're talking um, to people in quite vulnerable situations. Mm -hmm. And then especially for me, like when I see like one hasn't quite processed everything because mm. I also re I read an interview with you as well where I was, thought it was very interesting that when you were writing the book like you had like 50 or 60 interviews with her yeah. and hours and hours of this material mm. and she was going back and forth and you're trying to um, anchor some of the things mm. that she was saying and I actually got the same experience you know mm. when I'm interviewing um, women um, who either just came out of an abusive relationship or is still continuing in a, in a in some ways and forms in an abusive relationship and the mind's going back and forth mm. it's quite hard to 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 kind of juggle of exactly what's happening because mm. just like you said it's there's a lot of emotion involved it's, they get triggered mm. in certain ways and um you're trying to find not um something that you can ground on and then work with that mm. so i'm just wondering uh what your processes were, you know, when you were interviewing someone who is in a vulnerable state, you know, um, do you, have you ever dropped stories where you feel like, you know, I, we can't um, run this story because she's in such a vulnerable situation that um, I'm not sure that is ethical even for me to report on this well, story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we talk to a lot of people. I mean, we, I, yeah, <laughs> me and my colleagues. Mm. Uh, we talk to a lot of people, uh, mm. and and uh, and sometimes we we have to do that, and we have to tell them. You know, I understand that you want to tell your story, uh, and we would like to do it also, but it's it's not the right time. Uh, and sometimes it has to do with their mental uh, state right now, uh, mm. or some other things with their situation, and and quite often it al it also has to do with uh, with their children, because m many of these women. Uh, or victims, they 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 have children, mm. and uh, when they, that makes it very important for us to make sure that uh, that they are in that they are dealt with in 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 the correct way uh, in our uh, when in our publications in our articles, um, and we have to make sure uh, you know. It is particularly, we have to be you know particularly. Um, Yeah, we have to take care of these children in in, in a very in, you know, extra extra way, mm. and to make sure that they are not identified at all, uh, in many cases, uh, because I mean they 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 are going to have to live with this uh, story uh, for the rest of their lives probably if if uh, if we publish it. Mm. So even if the the mother or or the victim uh, would like us to to you know to tell their story, sometimes we have to say we we can't. Because of your children, and uh, and sometimes the, they 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 tell us you know it's it's okay for our children, uh, but we have to say sorry. But you know, me or or my editors, we we have to uh, we have decided that uh, we can't publish it. Mm. Yeah. Do you have any moments where it was particularly challenging to cover this type of story of abuse? So is is there any challenges that come up where? it was difficult or maybe even <clears throat> that you have an argument with your editor <laughs> around <laughs> topics on how to cover some, you know, the storyline, the headlines, you know, and the, mm -hmm. the narrative that you're going to put on. Had that, had that ever came up, you know? Uh, uh, well, I, I've... 
for me, uh, as uh, what I can remember right now, it's uh, I think I it was uh, I wrote. It, I think it was in well, well I wrote quite early about um, uh, how uh, child abuse was being streamed uh, from from the Philippines to to Europe and, and Norway and and I wanted to do an you know investigation about that and at that time it was quite uh, it wasn't very well known and uh, and I had to struggle a bit to to be able to do that because uh, I think uh, many people didn't know uh, how, how, how serious the situation was uh, and, and how, how many Norwegians w was doing it uh, at that time. I mean, now, now we, you know, the police and, and the media, we know a lot more about it. Uh, that it's, uh, uh, so, I mean, we know a lot more about the problem now, uh, but at that time it, it took a great deal of, uh, uh, you know, persuasion. persuasion. Mm. Uh, um, and also, I, I remember with um, with Abida um, mm -hmm. when I was working on, on the book with her, mm -hmm. uh, I was uh, quite reluctant for a while to to talk to her children um, because I I wasn't sure how they uh, would uh, you know if if they wanted to be included in the story, and I I felt like. Uh, perhaps I should only let this story be be the story of, of Abida. Mm. But then I had, uh, I mean, we, we've been working on it for you know, seven years. So, uh, so I mean, the, 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 her kids they got older, mm. and and then I I decided, okay, you know, I've now been talking so much to their mother, and they have, I mean, they they know that I've been working on this this for years. So then I, I talked to them, and and uh, I understood that. Uh, that they also uh, were uh, wanted to be to be included in the story, and and so that's when I, I decided also to to interview them for the for the book, and uh, I think that that really gave the uh, the story uh, about Abida and her family uh, a lot more, mm. because uh, then you see how how both Abida and her kids are are working together. Uh, to, you know, to to get out of this uh, th this abusive situation that they're stuck in, all of them. Hmm. Mm. Do you think, <clears throat> given your years' experience of covering um, online crime to abuse, and also you know having interviewed women as well coming out of very abusive situations, do you think it's hopeful in Norway? What is your thoughts around, I guess, the police, to the institutions that are instrumental in dealing with this topic and, and helping survivors, I guess? Mm. Yeah, I think there's hope, absolutely. Uh, when you see, on, uh, when you see uh, the story of Abida, for instance, uh, you see that in the early, uh, around 2010-11 or something like that, uh, when the police uh, went to her house the first time, um, they they wanted her to to report the abuse and and told her if you report the abuse then we can help you, and and she said no everything is fine you can just go, so nothing happened. Mm -hmm. uh, a few years later, when when her oldest son went to the police. 
the police chose to to start an investigation uh, on their own hmm. because you know okay uh, the son didn't want to want, want to report uh, her, his father to the police uh, either but the police chose to start an investigation on their own and, and I think um, I mean and they are doing that on a lot more uh, now than, than before so um, uh, and I, I think also uh, many parts of the system system uh, they they acknowledge that you can't just uh, sit there and wait for uh, f for the victims to come and say I am ready uh, now you can help me because it's it's uh, it's really hard uh, just to go ask for help and 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 just to to tell people what's what's going on with them and and. Uh, and also to to deal with, the, I mean, if you get help, then then you know that it's it's you know uh, the abuse won't necessarily stop uh, immediately. It might get worse, uh, and and you might be you, you might have to to move away from from your family, or or you have to be you know, and 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 some parts of your family might you know never want to see you again mm. because of what you're doing. So there's a, a lot of decisions that's uh, really hard to make for 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 the victim by by themselves. Uh, so if if one is just sitting there and say we can help you when you come uh, and ask, it's uh, then I, I we we are I mean then most of a lot of victims won't won't get any help. So I I think the parts of the system they have acknowledged that and and are now starting to be. Like in, in Abida's situation, uh, they told her, if you want to stay with your children, you cannot stay in this abusive relationship. If you choose to stay in this relationship, we will have to uh, take the children. So they gave her this uh, choice, sort of, uh, mm. and, and, and uh, more or less uh, forcefully helped her to, to make the right choice. Mm. Uh, and uh, that's what they're doing now with a lot of uh, people. So I, I think that's uh, that's a wise thing to to do to be very clear about you know this is your these are your choices uh, and and you know staying is also a choice that will have some some consequences for you. Mm. Mm. I'm guessing like those who do stay is probably uh, financial um, sort of dependent. Mm. I would suspect you know in those cases. So. What you witnessed there, did she get any support? Um, that if she did come out from an abusive relationship, sure, you know, they gave her the ultimatum, like, we're going to take your kids away. But is there any support um, around um, her building herself up, you know, independently, getting the financial support and, and things like that? Um, well, I haven't looked too much into that, mm. um, uh, but I mean, uh, she she is getting you know s support from from uh, you know social security and 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 you know mm. um, things like that. Um, but I haven't I haven't looked very much into that. But but what I know uh, from f from other stories that I've heard uh, working on this uh, topic is that. A lot of these uh, women who are divorcing, they 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 you know they end up more or less poor because they they don't have much work experience, mm. uh, and and uh, very often they 
uh, I mean, they, they don't have a lot of money. Uh, a lot of the money is, is you know, uh, when, when in, in Norway, when, Norway when, when, when a couple is divorcing, uh, are divorced, they, they, they should normally split uh, all their belongings in half, 50-50. But in many cases, that's not what's happening in, in these cases. Uh, quite often, at least that's what I've heard, uh, the women are, you know, so... Um, the most important for them is, is just to getting a divorce, and they say, okay, uh, if I get a divorce, then, then you can, you know, just take the house, take the cars, take the belongings, and, and I'll, I'll be fine. And, uh, but then they end up uh, as, as poor. Mm. And I think that's uh, something, I mean, for me, that makes me quite angry when I hear that. Because mm. it's, it's, uh, uh, it, it shouldn't be like that. I mean, we have known, uh, I mean, Henry Gibson, who, who had this uh, adult's house, a play, 440 years ago, wrote about the exact situation that mm. uh, this uh, Norwegian woman couldn't uh, divorce because she, she wouldn't have any money. And, and we are still dealing with this problem today mm. uh, and I, I think that's uh, I, I'm, I'm really surprised that uh, we are not looking more into that because uh, for me that's uh, it, it's, it's a major problem uh, that should have been solved many years ago mm. I think I think that's a really interesting point relating back into history in a, in a certain way that we're still coming to this point where we're still dealing with the same issues, mm. still problems um, economically having women become more independent. Why do you think that is? I mean, I, I have my own theories around this, mm. but I'd like to hear what your thoughts are around this. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about that uh, a lot. Um, I wonder if it might have, have to do with uh, many of these uh, women are, are not ethnic Norwegians. And uh, so, so we look at it as a cultural problem or something doing to do with immigrant groups, uh, and they are, they are they. They're not us, even though they are Norwegians and, and have you know uh, Norwegian passports. They are still they. Uh, so we're we're not looking at at it as as a Norwegian problem. It's it's hard for me to 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 pinpoint uh, exactly what should be done. Um, but uh, I, um, I think it might be might have been interesting to to look more about look look in more into the situation uh, that many of these women end up in uh, after being divorced. Uh, I mean, we have to look at you know it might it might be interesting to look at um, why why is it hard for them to get a divorce. And also uh, look into uh, how can we make sure that their lives are, you know, full and free uh, when of, of when they are divorced. Uh, because I, I sometimes I get the feeling I'm not sure if it's correct, but I sometimes get the feeling that um, some people might think that as long as they are, as as long as we help them getting a divorce. Uh, they should be content uh, with, you know, living reduced lives, uh, and and uh, you know, we not without work or, or or any income or you know, I mean, 
money money matters mm. for, for everyone right uh, so uh, it, it's it's part of what makes us free if you are poor you are less free in many ways it's, mm. that's a fact that's just how it is mm. so I'm uh, I mean I, I know uh, people are, are looking into it uh, so but, but perhaps that's one area that could be you know looked even more into mm. I don't know because I think it's interesting in the book, you, you called it the moment of freedom. Yeah. So I guess I want to, you know, look into what the word freedom means to you mm, yeah. um, in that way. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and for me, it's uh, writing this book about Abida and, and, and her, her, her family uh, has made it clear for me that freedom is not only, you know, well, it, freedom has many layers. It's. I mean, you have. It's. It's freedom from from abuse, obviously. But it's. It's freedom to, to choose who who you want to love. I mean, to, to I mean, freedom to love anyone you you want. Uh, economic freedom. Um, so, um, all of these types of freedom uh, needs to be uh, taken care of or or to be accounted for uh, when when we are helping people. Mm. I think. Mm. So. What do you think the role of a journalist could play um, in the topic of domestic abuse, um, gender-based violence, and you know um, all this type of darker topics? Yeah. What What do you envision the role of a journalist could play, or even the media, um, if we start analysing it from 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 that perspective? Um, do you ever kind of seek? sort of justice um, for, for your work and because you said it was meaningful mm. but I sometimes think whether there's something more we could push to do given the knowledge that we have and given the evidence that we've also collected mm. through all the stories and things like that so I just kind of want to um, yeah, have, yeah, you know, see what yeah, you yeah. feel about that yeah. in a sense. For, for so. me, as a as a journalist, uh, for me, it's in, in, it's it's important to use my, my work to to look at the at, at the blind spots uh, mm -hmm. that the society that society has uh, on on certain topics, um, and and quite often it's. Uh, um, the public debate is, is you know, staring in, in one direction and, you know, this is what's important right now and we should all be focusing on that. And, and, and that's, that's a good thing because then, then things are happening and, and it, it helps to, things to change. But it also, uh, I mean, the, the consequence of that is that it's, it's a lot of things going on elsewhere in the society that we are not aware of. And, and, and my work as a journalist is to, to look at that and to say, hey, there's something going on here that we should focus on. Uh, and, and I mean, that's also, that also makes it hard as a journalist, you know, to, to sort of take people's heads, you know, okay, it's good that you're looking this way, but you also should be focusing on this. And um, I mean, it's, it's the same with uh, the police, for instance. They are getting... Um, um, instructions from 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 the state attorney. Uh, uh, you know, this is these are the topics that you should focus on this year's, and and uh, then it's my work to say to to, to look into or, or to ch to make to check. Okay, they're working on this. Uh, are there other topics that they are forgetting? For instance, are there people who are not getting the help that they they should? 
so mm. that's important for me. And also, as I said in the beginning, mm. uh, we need to talk to the bad guys. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, we need to. We need to. Uh, if um, we we have to have uh, more understanding about what's going on, also in in their heads, because uh, very often uh, the abusers are also in many ways victims or or have been victims uh, of abuse themselves. Mm. So so how can we uh, stop them transforming, being transformed from 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 victims into abusers? Mm. I think that's really important. But what would you think is your achievement through doing this kind of work? Because I would think that because it is a systemic change mm. that you're trying to kind of do, and you're continuously putting the spotlight on. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if along the way you, you kind of pinpoint on something where like I think I've done something good here. Yeah. You know, I think I've achieved something here. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think I've achieved at least. Um, well, the one thing that I'm proud of uh, is is that we that we went and, and and talked to the downloaders and and that we said that the stories of the people who are doing the worst of the worst uh, they are also I mean they are important uh, when we if we want to change what's going on and uh, so. I think it's it's very 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 easy to 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 just tell the victim story, and to be honest, uh, quite often the the stories of the victims are uh, they they are not the ones that we need to hear uh, to be able to change some things. Uh, and, and I mean they need understanding, and and they need to to hear that that what they have been experiencing is is not is not good. Uh, it should they they shouldn't have, but um, to change some things we need to to listen to the, to sort of the other side mm. and, and uh, uh, for me uh, that's becoming that, that's that's one thing uh, that's uh, that I'm sort of proud of that I have been yeah that I've been yeah, writing about. Mm. Mm. I think it's really interesting yeah. because like, uh, there's more and more ethical guidelines now mm. um, regarding uh, journalists covering domestic mm. abuse and one of the things that <coughs> one of the things that come up quite often is actually um, the language we use. Mm. And we're trying to always focus on the perpetrator mm. who's committing or mm. um, who's doing the abusing to kind of reword that instead mm. of saying that she is a victim of something, is mm. that he hit her mm. kind of yeah. more actively. Mm. Do you think that that's what you're kind of also having to think a lot more when you're mm. writing? Yeah. And also you're, you're kind of putting the focus more on the perpetrator mm. because, like you said, that they are the one who needs to <clears throat> be the one who, who kind of change a system mm. yeah. um, to focus on that, mm. on the perpetrator, mm. and that the victims well, so the, the voices are important, but we also need to look into this mm. and perpetrate on why they, they mm. do that. Yeah, I mean, we really have to, to, to yeah, use our words wisely. Mm. Uh, I mean, um, I, I, meant, I, I made a documentary with, uh, in collaboration with CBC uh, called Hunting Warhead uh, mm. some years ago, uh, which about... Uh, about the, the largest child abuse uh, site on, on the darknet. Mm. 
which was run by, by an American and a Canadian guy. And, uh, and they are now there in prison for life. Hmm. Um, and I've been reading some, some, some discussions on Twitter, for instance, uh, where people say, oh, these guys are monsters. And, and that makes me sort of sad when I read that because they aren't, they aren't monsters. They are human beings. Uh, if they had been monsters, it would have been great because then we could say oh, this is this is something that human beings aren't able to do. It's monsters to do that, but they're not. Mm -hmm. They are people like you and me, uh, and that's the scary thing. That uh, you know the the worst things that that you know people do, uh, it, it's being done by by human beings, and we have to uh, understand uh, that. And and when we if if we continue calling calling them monsters, then we 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 stop trying to understand uh, what's going on. We're kind of minimizing them, right? Yeah, We're minimizing yeah. the abuse that mm. they they also mm. commit. Yeah, they're just monsters. Yeah, <clears throat> they're not like us. Yeah. and it's 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 the same. It's, it's it, yeah, they are they yeah. in the same way as you know we are just you know um, putting people away. You know we are here and we are the good people, but. Uh, and all the others are, you know, something. What they are doing is not of our interest. Yeah, mm. I think that's really an interesting point to, to make. Um, that these are human beings, which means that you know, human beings does have this side to them as well. That they can actually, you know, do something so terrible to another human being as well. And if we don't look at that. Mm and sort of dissociate ourselves mm. from this group, you know, you, you kind of lose perspective mm. uh, also and maybe not even be able to come up with a solution, yeah. you know. Mm. So I think that's a really interesting point that you made there. Mm. So what do you think your future goals are right now? I know that you're going to go on a book tour very soon. Um, do you have anything planned up in the future in terms I have of a lot of <laughs> exciting projects going on? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and is it the same kind of topics you're looking into, or is this going to be slightly different as well? Yeah, it's the same topic. Yeah, yeah well, more so, or less, more or less. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as I said, it's it's. Uh, I I find the the, the topics of, of you know. Uh, uh, trauma, uh, shame, uh, and, and uh, it, really interesting uh, because it's, I mean, we're not all traumatized, but we are all dealing with shit. Mm. And, and, <laughs> and, and to, to, to learn more about how people are dealing with that and, and to, 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 to see, find different ways of, of dealing with that, that's, uh, that, you know, that gives me meaning and uh, yeah, through mm. my day. Oh, that's really, really nice to hear. Mm. Um, I guess that the, the last thing is, um, before we wrap up, is um, given your experience in this area and you knowing a bit more about the Norwegian system as well, you know, mm. what kind of tips do you have, anyone who's listening to, to mm. our um, discussion today, of if they find themselves in this kind of situation, mm. what advice would you be able to give them? If they should approach uh, a journalist? Yeah, a journalist yeah. Um, or in general. So mm -hmm. basically two hats here. Wow. So as a journalist and also as a, as a person, you know, what kind of tips would you, yeah. advice would you Get give? help. Oh, well, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, oh. well, I mean, it's, what, what kind of situation are we talking about? You know, domestic abuse? Uh, you're, uh, you're um, like... Um, if if I if I was a, a woman who was being hit by my 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 husband or something, mm. yeah? yeah, what would I do? Yeah. Oh, 
what advice would you give the the woman who comes to you, maybe just as a friend, you know? Yeah. Um, what would you? What advice would you be able to give her? Mm. Well, I mean, uh, point one would be to get out of the situation uh, physically, uh, to find ways to 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 do that. I think mm. uh, because if you are if if you are being abused uh, at the moment, it, it's really hard for you to to take any other decisions uh, there and then, and and the decisions that you have to take. Uh, or to make are, are um, they will most probably change how you live your life, uh, and they they you won't be able to 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 take them. I, I in many cases I think mm. uh, if you are in the situation at the moment, so so find ways to to get out, uh, visit a friend uh, or or some family, or go on a trip, or I don't know. Uh, do something that that gives you space uh, in in that way. Mm. Um, I mean that that's what uh, Abida did. Mm. Uh, she she started working at a uh, at a hamburger place. Got the chicken. She she started uh, taking long walks with with friends, um, and and that's also one thing that's good. Uh, talk to talk to your friends. Talk to someone uh, about what's going on, and and perhaps know that things will probably not change immediately uh, because it's uh, uh, in many cases these situations are so complex, and, and you're most probably having children together, and and uh, abuse happens uh, more often in when 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 you are trapped yeah if if the abuser are able to to create a situation where where you are feel where you're feeling trapped mm. uh, so so the the relationship has to be into some stages where where you yeah you are no longer uh, see any any possibilities of getting out so point one talk to get out <laughs> physically mm. and, and talk to friends mm. uh, and 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 after that start of course you know the police the uh, i guess lawyers perhaps talk to a lawyer i don't know that would be a good idea mm. um uh, and also uh, if you should want to tell your story to a journalist um you should put up some, um, I think in many cases, at least when you're talking to professional journalists, that they know that they, that they know how to, to take care of your story uh, in the correct way. But you should also, nevertheless, you should put up some, some ground rules uh, for, for how you should talk to them. Uh, I think you should tell them as much as possible, but you should also be uh, have have sort of a deal with them that, that that nothing is going to be published without your your consent. Mm. Um, and and it is possible uh, and also necessary to talk to journalists with before you're making sort of the interview. It's not like the moment you're you're phoning a journalist. It's not like you are in in an interview at that time. 
Uh, I mean, we are getting a lot of calls and tips and emails about a lot of stories, and and we're not. I mean, we're not using more than I don't know, a few percent of them. Uh, but to be able to 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 really work on the story, we need a lot of background information. Uh, so bef bef before we are going into the interview. Mm. Um, so, uh, so I think in some cases you have, to, I mean, you have to trust the journalist and make sure that you trust him or her, and uh, and also, uh, but to 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 be able to gain that trust, you have to to talk to him or her about how are you going to use the information and and how and to, how can I make sure that in the information that I that I'm giving you is treated uh, correctly. Um, so, uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. I mean, uh, I guess like, um, because we talked about trauma a little bit, I'm just curious now um, whether journalists themselves have, or if anything in, in Norway, where journalists are trained how to sort of be trauma-informed and how do you mm. communicate, is there such a training for journalists here? Um, well, actually... Uh, I, I think... Uh, Is it mandatory even? <laughs> <laughs> it's not much that that's mandatory for, for journalists. Uh, yeah. No, um, but, but I, uh, at, the, um, at the journalism um, uh, education mm -hmm. at, uh, at OsloMet, mm. they, they are talking about it. Mm. How, how, to, how to interview people who are traumatized, how to, how to deal with the, you know situations like that, mm. and where where um, and I was in in a very interesting uh, discussion uh, with uh, with some other people uh, a few weeks ago, mm. uh, a month ago I, I guess, uh, at Oslomet uh, about that. Mm. And, and one thing that uh, that I took from that uh, discussion was uh, the fact that. People who are traumatized, when they, I mean, when they are, when they're, if they're starting talking, uh, they, they, they lose sort of the, their boundaries in many cases. They just tell you too much mm. uh, because they don't know. Uh, they probably don't know how how to stop or when to stop because they are uh, inside uh, mm. the situation uh, when when they are starting to talk about it. So. Uh, that uh, puts a lot, lot of uh, responsibility on, on us journalists and when we know that, that we, we perhaps are not going to use all that information that we're getting because sometimes we're getting uh, much more than the uh, person w would like, like us to use. Hmm. Uh, so, what would you do then? Did you would you sort of cut them off, or do you just allow them to continue talking until she or he runs out? Well, sometimes it's it's. I think it's a good uh, good thing to to have them, you know, to be able to to talk talk themselves empty. Uh, but sometimes, uh, I mean, we don't have the time, or, mm. and, and it's it's not necessary, as I said. Uh, and uh, as a journalist, then it might be important to, to 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 have a bit of a chat beforehand. This is how I am going to use uh, the information that I get from you. Uh, I'm using it as for a shorter news article, so I won't be able to use everything you're saying. Mm. Uh, it might be, you know, just a couple of. Um, you know, 
one page or I'm using it for a documentary and then I need this and this and this kind of information. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, that we have, uh, even though that it might be, be difficult for, for the person that I'm interviewing uh, to, to remember it uh, when she is uh, talking, yeah. at least we have the this this uh, we, we are agreeing on, on what what we are talking about beforehand mm. Mm. cool um, is there anything you would like to add um, that I haven't asked oh. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you, you feel like is important for people who are listening in you know? I think it's important <clears throat> to tell people that I'm much more intelligent than I than what I sound right now <laughs> because my English is really bad <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't think so at all. I think yeah. um, it's been really great. And um, I think it would be the same with me if I have to speak in Norwegian. I'd probably, you know, be clumsy and I'd probably have to mix both Norwegian and English, right? Yeah. So you're very allowed to do that, you know, to, right, so, to, uh, <laughs> to mix the both. Um, but um, I just want to say thank you so much for, for coming in to do this interview and your very busy schedule. Um, I'd love to um, catch up with you at some point again, you know, and, and see these next projects of yours again. Yeah. So. Thank you very much.